you got to bend a little bit, but don't break. Yeah. But know that you, 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 you can only keep the soda in the bottle for so long, and yeah. it's going to explode. Yeah. And I think they understand that. Yeah. But they got to, you know, one of the last things I will tell them is, you know, tell the whole team. You can only live within the play that's about to happen. You right. can't worry about what just happened, whether it's a 60-yard yeah. run, you know, a 10-yard, you yeah. know, or a drop ball. You can't worry about that. And you can't worry about what's going to happen in the yeah. future. you got to live within that six seconds.
but it also was a stellar performance by the defense that limited the Lions to 14 points and Robinson just to 128 yards passing and Riley O'Brien to 58 yards, 59 yards receiving. Um, the Lions had a hard time you know, covering survived wide receivers as they were pretty much open all night long. And uh, Dillon Hurd led the way with 11 catches for 148 yards. So it was a big win for the Friars, who now are, you know, looking to Olu um, to continue to, to have that, secure that third spot in the league. Yeah, must, you know, and I, and I also gave the uh, Friars an A, and I gave uh, uh, Jay Sarah a C, so we agreed on that. And, yeah, it was a must win. Really, you know, boost their uh, record now to 4-3. and three. They're one game over 500, and I think the Friars are, are thinking about the possibilities ahead of them. Um, they've already played St. John Bosco, and, they, you know, and they, obviously they have, we're going to talk about their week this week, but... Uh, they got some winnable games and some things to really be excited about, and and uh, and Tyler Lytle getting going. I think he also rushed for a touchdown, right? Uh, he did have one touchdown running the ball, yeah. So uh, a lot of good things for uh, for Servite. Uh, let's uh, let's also move over to you know in uh, Orange County was a big game, uh, Modern Day. 56 Orange Lutheran 14. This game was uh, surprisingly close at halftime, but I believe Modern Day won the second half like 29 to nothing. They really sprinted, um, or maybe it was 29 to seven, but they really dominated the second half. What were your grades for uh, for Modern Day and Orange Lutheran in this game? Modern Day continued with the nay, and I gave Olu a B. Um, this one had the beginning of a Olu upset as the Lancers scored first, but the Monarchs, you know, never were threatened as they rolled to scoring 56 unanswered points. So you got to give Olu credit for playing modern day, probably the toughest to date, even if the final score didn't indicate it, because they made MD earn every point as they had modern day had to drive the ball for every score. They didn't have, you know, the big play score as they have had all year. And then JT, you know, had to go, you know, a workman 30 for 36, 406, five touchdowns. And uh, for the first time this year, there was a Monarch receiver who had over 10 catches with Osiris St. Brown having 11 catches for 149 and three touchdowns. And then the running game ran rushed for 123 yards uh, with Shakobi uh, Harper running for 62 and Ralph Jones 61. And then defensively, the Monarchs kept the Lancers' offense in check, you know, limiting the Lancers to 91 yards rushing. And then Helensky tried to keep the um, in the ball game as he threw for 190 passing. Um, the only big play for Olu came on a 65-yard uh, touchdown to uh, Stan Hill. But pretty much, yeah, like you said, the Monarchs ran away in the second half, 29-0. Um, yeah. rock to their, their uh, seventh win of the year. Yeah, Olu, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, the first touchdown uh, that you mentioned, on, uh, I mean, the touchdown by Berryhill, 65-yard touchdown, uh, was the first score of the game. Uh, and gave Orange Lutheran a seven nothing lead, but then it was quickly by the end of the uh, by halftime, uh, before halftime, it was twenty seven uh, to seven. So um, yeah, modern day strict uh, quick strike offense really worked well, and Osiris picked up um, offensive player of the week in the uh, Orange County Register. So uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting. You know, modern day throwing for four hundred and six uh, yards. And they also rushed for 103, so they racked up over 500 yards of offense. But uh, what were your, uh, you know, uh, you know, some positives for, you know, like you said, some positives for Orange Lutheran to build upon uh, as well, right? Yeah, they actually um, defensively they actually improved. Um, they actually kept, they didn't allow anything deep, and they, you know, covered the modern day receivers pretty well. Everything, like I said, modern day had to earn for. It. The modern day uh, Olu secondary did not back down. You know, in, in, in the beginning there, you know they were tussling with the with with, with the receiver core. And I, I you know it, it got a little chippy with both sides as there was a lot of you know a lot of flags and early on. But um, but Olu, yeah, like I said, they played very well. Um, even though the score didn't indicate, um, 
you know, they just couldn't get their running game going, and and the passing game, you know, didn't wasn't consistently on on track. And um, and then Dominic Austin didn't play, um, I believe, in the second half. So I don't know if that's something to to, to, to okay. be concerned or look 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 at for he, You know, they have Dravis, I think, or, or there was another running back that was that carried most of the load the second half. So yeah, maybe it was Arenado or Crandell. Crandell, that's who it was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and Austin, you know, um, Dominic, you know, has his string of 100-yard games was uh, snapped, I think, at about four. Um, and he had finished with 12 carries for 58 yards, did have a touchdown um, before the uh, halftime. But, uh, you know, uh, some positives for uh, for Orange Lutheran. Let's uh, close out our grades. Um, but uh, I'm sorry, what was your grades again, Scotty? For modern day, modern day an A and Olu a B. Okay, I gave uh, uh, modern day an A minus, and I gave um, Orange Lutheran a B. All right, and then our last game of the week, uh, last week for October fourteenth, that was St. John Bosco forty seven, uh, Santa Margarita ten. So for Santa Margarita. They're done now with the two powerhouses in the league, uh, based on what we've seen so far. The the Eagles have lost back to back to Modern Day and St. John Bosco. They can finally, uh, you know, uh, take a deep breath and hopefully they survive uh, with not too many injuries and they're um, still motivated to make their move here in league. But um, what do you give the uh, the Bosco Braves and uh, the grade for the Santa Margarita Eagles? I gave Bosco an A minus, and I gave Santa Margarita a C. Okay. Pretty much this this was a tale of two halves for the Braves. Penalties and lack of execution kind of hindered both teams actually in the first half. You know, Bosco led you know thirteen zero. You know, just that was just a thirteen zero lead at, at halftime, and it was kind of surprising. Yeah. Everybody was score watching that one. And then in the second half, Bosco executed and connected on some key passes, capitalized on some back-to-back interceptions, and scored on all their possessions in the second half. And then Bosco utilized their, you know, their strong running game with uh, Demetrius Flowers, who ran for 188 yards with two touchdowns. And then Mitchell had a key 40-yard run, and uh, he tossed two touchdowns, was was 17 of 24 for 253, and then for the Eagles, you know, they showed spurts of, of pretty of gains, but then they could never, you know, couldn't put the drives together as they all, you know, they stalled. Wagner, you know, was was uh, rushed with his throws, and he was um, trying to get to the ball to Calvertaria, right. and uh, they kept him in check for the first half. I mean, I think Calvertaria caught five balls all in the first half, and. And um, by then, they, you know, it was it was too late. The two interceptions killed the Eagles' hopes, and um, you know it was twenty to ten. And then you know the lead deflated, you know, all the way up to thirty points, and just within a quarter. So um, yeah, it was a tough loss for the for the Eagles. But um, yeah, that's what we have on that on that game for us. Yeah, very interesting score. Yeah, thirteen to uh, three at halftime was a was, yeah. was a stunner for me. And uh, but you know it's hard to get too hard on the grade for St. John Bosco when they end up you know they end up scoring twenty points in the fourth quarter. They can do that. Uh, they they have that kind of quick strike um, ability. So I gave uh, Bosco a A minus, and I gave uh, Santa Margarita B for you know uh, really playing. You know to be down twenty seven to. 10 going into the fourth quarter not bad but yeah two you know uh wagner had a tough uh, time you said he was pressured um but yeah he finished 17 of 32 with the two interceptions he threw a touchdown um chad uh Mag- uh magyar who had rushed for over 100 yards against modern day the previous week he uh, rushed it only eight times for 60 65 but he got uh 49 on one carry and then uh, the the thing I noted a lot again for um, for St. John Bosco is as a team they had 40 carries for 347 yards and I think Trinity League and SoCal football fans have definitely got to take note of this because this is two weeks in a, a row that we're talking about. 
the St. John Bosco running game because they ran for 371 yards on just a few less carries against Servite the previous week. So I talked to Coach Negro about that, and I asked him about the, the run game, and he said this is basically what the defenses are giving them, and that's the best advantage for them uh, to take uh, is this is the this is a run game is there. Um, Real Mitchell was 14 of uh, 21, so a very good percentage, threw two touchdowns, and he passed for 214 yards, and again, the two the two touchdowns, so that was uh, that was impressive, but um, interesting to watch this ground game. I've done some more research, and you know, Bosco's got a big line. You know, they average about 300 pounds. Uh, they got great speed. You know, Real Mitchell's is very much part of their running game as a dual-threat quarterback. Uh, the junior also had 10 carries for 69 yards. He ripped off a 31-yard run. He also had a touchdown, one of uh, four rushing touchdowns for the Braves. So um, that was uh, some definitely a trend uh, going right there for St. John Bosco. So um, anything else you say about this game, Scotty? No, that was, that's, that's uh, pretty much it. And um, I think they got, you know, took care of business in that second half and, uh, you know, wanted to get it out of the way. So Yeah. You know, one thing I'll add on Santa Margarita, you know, as we're trying to cover the whole Trinity League, so we're trying to get some of the positives for everybody. Um, one positive was a guy that we've talked a lot about on the, you know, at least last week in the year, probably the week before, but Mace Funa, sophomore uh, from Santa Margarita, the uh, out-of-state uh transfer from the state of Utah. He did have one and a half sacks, uh, Scotty, as a uh, as a positive for Santa Margarita. So there's a reason that kids got offers from BYU and Utah. So we uh, we can't look to pass Mace Funa too much. So that's something else to watch for uh, Santa Margarita. Well, let's Scotty, let's uh, let's jump into it because this is really what it's about this week is that we got the game of the year right now in the Trinity League um, coming up Friday. Um, October 14th at Cerritos College, um, a national game. Both teams these teams ranked in the nationally top 10, depending on what poll you're looking at. It's one of the most anticipated games of the season. Um, I got a chance to talk to Greg Biggins of Fox Sports and Scout. Uh, today he called it, you know, one of the, his most anticipated game of the year, even more so than. Um, you know, modern day. I'm um, excuse me, more, even more so than Bosco um, against uh, Bishop Gorman, because this is this is Trinity League. This is Southern California. There's a ton of recruits um, for both teams over multiple different um, classes. You know, not just 2017 guys. There's 2018 guys. Obviously, you know, JT Daniels is a sophomore. I mean, uh, that's 2019. Um, there's some freshmen in this game, Scotty, uh, even from modern day. So the class of 2020, there's tons of recruits. And then modern day's lost five years in a row. What's your first impression uh, of this game, uh, Scotty, Friday? Um, it's pretty much going to be, a, uh, a, a, as you want to say, let the chess match begin. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what, you know, obviously, what Bo- what Modern Day wants to do, and obviously, I think on paper, what what Bosco wants to do. Um, the emotions are going to be flying early, so we'll have to watch those early flags. Right. Um, that's something that that has been a concern across all Trinity League's uh, games. Right. Um, have been the uh, personal fouls early on, so and a lot of those kind of can hinder your team, and it can be costly. So. Um, but the emotions, like you said, will be flying, and and uh, you know there's going to be some somebody who makes the big play, who you know who we're not expecting, um, as we're going to you know break down position by position here in a bit. Um, but that's pretty much um, you know what what this game's going to entail. Well, one of the themes that I really focus on, that you know, is and I. I'm a big uh, offensive and defensive lineman guy, and I try to focus a lot on that. I, I believe, really believe a lot of these games are decided there. And a couple of key matchups, I think, uh, defensively, I think modern day's defense against St. John Bosco is a big um, key. Where Bosco, we know, has been 
prolific scoring, especially the last four games. They're averaging 57 points their last four games. We saw them score 70 against uh, Servite. So I think it's going to be big. Uh, the modern day's defense will be tested by Real Mitchell's speed. Uh, some of those outstanding receivers for um, for Bosco, um, Terrell Bynum, uh, Berkeley Holman. You know, this ground game that's going crazy running the game. Um, how's modern day going to do against this bigger offensive line? How are they going to do against the speed? This is the biggest test of kind of a, uh, you know, the best Trinity League defense so far has been modern day. Can this defense keep it going? I mean, they've proven they're for real. Three shutouts, only allowing seven points a game on on average. Um, haven't, you know, their first unit hasn't scored very much. And then another big, and I will credit Greg Biggins, his number one matchup in this game before we delve into the individuals, but his number one matchup is the modern-day offensive line against what he called the best defensive line in state is St. John Bosco. And he says, hey, if, if, if JT Daniels, the sophomore quarterback of modern-day, has time to throw, he's got the receivers and they will burn just about any defense because their receiving core is too deep. But if he, uh, if, if Bosco can get a good push on him and still drop some extra defenders into the secondary, the modern-day offense could be in trouble. So any re- instant reaction to those couple themes there, Scotty? Um, no, that's that's pretty much um, what I have too. You know, pretty much you know the the, the defensive line. There is one one eight one. Um, I I'm not sure if this is true or not, but I heard that that if you watched the game on uh, last week, Sal uh, Spina, the big one of the big defensive linemen, was helped off the field um, with with I don't know if it was a knee or an ankle, and so I don't, it, did, it didn't look good from when he went when went down. So they if they're out with him, they're only going to have Collier. Um, so that that's going to lessen you know. The one-two punch of their uh, that defensive line, okay. but um, but yeah, that you know the, the the defensive line for Bosco is by far their best strength. Um, yeah. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit of breakdown here on uh, offense, uh, Scotty. What? Um, why don't you take us through a couple positions on offense? Why don't we uh, first take a stab here at receiver? Uh, I'm excuse me, well, starting quarterback, receiver, running backs, you know, that skill position. How do you break down the matchup modern day versus Bosco in those skill positions? Well, Patrick, you know, quarterback, what can we say about JT? I mean, he's done it all to this point. You know, he's, he's offensive coordinator on the field. He gets the team in the right spots. Um, he just sees the field like no one else. Um, and, you know, give them, like we've already talked in time and time, give them protection and it's in with those receivers and um, that's all he really needs with Real Mitchell he's lightning quick deadly in open space you know give him time and he can hurt you throwing but he's not an accurate passer and that may be his downfall but he's still very solid but you know so the advantage you know to the quarterbacks you know is going to be you know modern day um when you speak of the running backs you know Bosco's been you know the force running with the two-back tandem with Beasley with 590 yards and Demetrius Flowers 458, and then you had to have Mitchell's 457. And um, you know the Braves want to pound and ground it, but as you just said, Negro had said that's what teams are giving them, so yeah. they're taking that. So you know we'll see. That big three is averaging over eight yards per carry. You know, and um, so that that's huge. And then for modern day, you know, they didn't have to rely on the run much, but they picked it up in the last couple of games with Jacoby Harper right. and Ralph Jones. And, and Harper has now taken over the starting role. I mean, both backs play equally as much, but Hunt Harper has now starting. And uh, he gives them that quick back, and he hits the hole. He hits it full speed already. He gets the ball, and he's gone. Whereas Jones is more of a long strider. So... Um, and this one's going to be advantage to Bosco. Okay. And then, and then the receivers, you know, I don't think there's any doubt, you know, who has the advantage here. But, you know, both teams, you know, the wideouts are, you know, talented just as much on either side. 
but with modern day's group, you know, it's fun to watch, you know, with their run after catch and they love to block for each other and yeah. they love to take pride in, in breaking tackles and not being brought down so easily and they will block for one another just as much as they they like making catches um and it's difficult to double them so um you know and 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 osiris has you know 29 catches for 647 the two ten touchdowns amon rob 32 catches for 610 in the 14 touchdowns nico regimio's 26 catches 417 and three touchdowns and then cj parks 25 and 369 and six touchdowns and then brew with 14 catches for 229 and three so that's you know that's that's spreading it out right there so you know and then you can't forget bosco you know they're they have two receivers you know that are that are washington committing to brought bynum and the northwestern committing berkeley holman and these two have been uh creating um Having for teams when they get their hands on the ball, they just don't get it all the time. So, but in this one, you know, the manage is going to go to modern day. Yeah, yeah. Brew McCoy with a touchdown catch last week, and you know, you start to mention um, the modern day receivers. You can also put in Harper because Harper is a big, uh, you know, probably Harper and Jones, but maybe more Harper is an outstanding receiver out of the backfield. Um, he caught a. He caught uh, three catches for 34 yards, had a long of 20 last week. So he's uh, he's and he impressed me against Edison as well uh, with his ability with those quick, um, you know, uh, flip passes uh, that modern day runs a lot. So, um, but yeah, I agree with all that. Where do you um, where do you come out on the uh, the offensive line of these two uh, two groups? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm thinking that Bosco might have the advantage here with you know. Ohio State commit um, uh, Wyatt uh, Davis at left tackle. Yeah, I think the consensus is you, you, you're going to go with the Braves here, but, but you know, I wouldn't jump to the conclusion right away. Just you know, giving it to Bosco because I know they are he's spearheaded by by the All American tackle Davis, and um, they have pounded the way for nine, over 1,900 yards rushing. You know. With that, like you said, their line has averaged about 300 pounds across the front, you know, and to have that dominant run game and, you know, it's a, it's a big advantage to have that ball control offense, you know. But modern day has been equally as impressive, you know, with their pass protection, allowing only three sacks to date. And they've given JT enough time to throw, um, you know, allowing him to throw for over 2,600 yards. You know, that all junior line of Tommy Brown. Andrew Fraulio, um, Fraulio, right. Mason Kolinchek, Kakani Gonzalez, and Chris Murray have been outstanding, and they all remember. They all played in that Bosco game last year, so they all remember what happened last year. You know, Bosco came and they just—I mean, you know—they were baptized by fire last year, so you know they don't want to have that happen again, and they probably know how that feels. Um, and then just a quick fun fact, kind of. Um, you know, kind of a little off topic, but but before I get back to my um, actual grade here or, or advantage here, Kakani Gonzalez is actually a legacy monarch. Um, his, his uncle and his dad were starting uh, linemen that had played for Rawlinson, so, um, and he's done actually very well, but um, yeah, so probably yeah, the advantage is probably going to go to Bosco, but it's a very slight um a very slight advantage but you could almost put it even just based on the body of work but you know i'm gonna go you know i'll put bosco just a slight so yeah you know this this offensive line is some group that might be my next feature uh and, and something i look at writing about more about for modern day because this is uh this could be a, a, a maybe under appreciated or underlooked story about you know with all this receiving uh you know, uh, prolific offensive numbers by JT Daniels and these receivers. And people got to remember that you know they're get, you know these guys uh, are getting outstanding um, time. Uh, J, you know, JT's getting outstanding pass protection time to complete these passes and and let these receivers do what they can do yards after the catch. So I think they're kind of an unheralded group. And and this week I kind of took a look at the unheralded group of defenders. So let's switch to that side of the ball. Um, Scotty, how do you, you know, like I said, Greg Biggins talked about 
um, the defensive line from St. John Bosco being the best in his in the state. Um, obviously, Jacob uh, Callier uh, is somebody that you know we're both high on. He was our you know mid-season award winner for defensive player of the year in the league. Um, what do you? How do you grade the? Uh, why don't you take us through defense, linebackers, and secondary? Yeah, Dan. So, like the receivers, I'm sure everyone knows. You know, the advantage is going to be, you know, going to go to the Braves. You know, with that defensive front, you know, that's been common havoc, havoc for teams all season with mm-hmm. Jacob Collier, Sal Spinet, and Kyle Murray, who have combined for 12 of the team's 18 sacks. But you know, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, if Sal, like I said, if Sal Spina makes it back this week. Um, yeah, if he, you know how he left the game in the first half of last week's game, though. Um, but whoever they're replacing him with isn't going to be too far off, so they'll still be solid. Um, for the Monarchs, you know they're headed by you know nose guard Austin Faulo, who is their mainstay. Um, he doesn't have a lot of sacks. He doesn't you know he doesn't he does all the dirty work for for modern day. So. Um, and the other two guys are are uh, Kevin Vu and um, Nathan Nathan Lugalito Lugalito is is uh, right. is his guy is his the other defensive end and um, they also have another senior Daniel Contreras who also rotates with them. Um, so we'll have to see if if uh, Monterey can use their you know even though they're all under they're undersized at ends you'll have to see if they can use their their quickness against the Bosco's you know size you know Monterey has 18 sacks um, it's just spread out everybody has one or two and they're led by you know Brew who has three but obviously that advantage is going to go to Bosco so and then as far as the linebackers go. Um, and this is probably the heart and soul of both defenses. I know they have their they have their line that you would think is their is their heart and soul for Bosco, but um, Bosco has two uh, solid linebackers um, with Cross Poyer and Travis Tuiasi and uh, Kendron Williams. And two of team Poyer actually lead their team in tackles. Tuiasi has fifty one, and Poyer has forty six. So those guys are very active in the middle. Um, and then modern encounters with uh, Jack Genova, Jackson McCleary, Sal Aguilar, and Roman Confences. And McCleary and Genova have been stellar in the middle. Um, and then Confence against Aguilar, you know, containing the outside. And the surprise that like, we've we've talked about all year is Aguilar, who's filled in for Favai yeah. Favai. Fa- fa- and Aguilar is playing, you know, all county. You know, <laughs> he's been all county performer so far. Um, he's just been all over the field. Um, and uh, but I would probably I probably give them the, this this slight average. To, I would give it to modern day based on the outside and the inside. Bosco plays a different place. Sometimes they play three uh, two linebackers and then they play like six in the secondary. So they're they're they probably you know they don't have play with actually true linebackers. But those two guys in the middle are very very stout. Um, and then defensive backs, you know. Neither team has been challenging much in the way of the passing game, except for Gorman did throw on Bosco, right. um, which has been the only team to go up top. And Terrell Thomas, yeah, Terrell Thomas, Chris Steele, Stephen Blaylock, and Jaden Woodbury, you know, round out their secondary, which has five intercepts and led by uh, Terrell Thomas with three. But Thomas is the corner that the teams specifically go after. Um, but he's also one of their most physical uh, corners, even though he goes about 5'10", about 185 pounds. Um, well, modern day pits Quentin Lake, Jalen Cole, Austin Chase, all, and Xavier Bell. And Lake is their top guy, and he's done very well this season. He only has one of two of MD's interceptions, but as a team, modern day has five pass deflections. Um, Lake has seven of the 25. Um, and uh, Xavier Bell was probably one of the hardest hitting safeties. Um, is is probably you know him and all are probably you know you know strong against that run, so they're they're gonna have to 
be huge in this game. Yeah. Um, both secondaries hold scholarship offers. Um, with MD being, you know, being the, the veteran group, and um, so I actually give this one kind of even because okay. uh, uh, Bosco has, you know, they have great safeties. Uh, Modern Day has a corner and a safety that are really great, so they kind of cancel each other out. Um, so that's what we have for the defense. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I, I might have given. I I, I would have thought maybe Modern would have got the advantage, but you're giving some good praise to the uh, the Braves on on the secondary there. So um, that's probably the only one I, I probably would maybe disagree with you on. But uh, linebackers, I would give uh, the advantage to Modern Day and, and D line to Bosco. How about uh, special teams? I think that could be a big thing. I talked about on our OC Varsity um, Gridiron Show. That I thought special teams could maybe decide what I think is going to be a really um, close game, especially when you know either um, Osiris or Amonrod are on returns, um, either kickoff or punt returns, and I you know I think really uh, Modern Day's got some excellent stuff uh, on the punting and uh, field goal kicking as well um, that could really decide a close game. Uh, what do you what do you think about this? Yeah, it's kind of um, it's kind of slant, um, one-sided actually. Yeah. Um, you know, Bosco, you know, has had trouble with their kickoffs you know, getting to the end zone, um, so they don't kick it deep. So that's going to be interesting, and they've missed some extra points. So um, and then they're they're punting. They they use the rugby style punting, so they don't. You know, it's not a deep punt, and you know. So that's going to be interesting to watch for. So if you know if they're you know if somebody doesn't play, you know they're they're not be, you know careful with their special team. Someone could get a special team score. They'll know that Bosco has blocked a couple of pumps. Okay. So uh, you know that you know from that standpoint. But as far as straight kicking game, um, it's actually you know it's a and it's an advantage modern as we know Stonehouse you know booms those high punts um and uh, there was some little smack talk going so yeah posted a twitter saying you know get your foot warmed up stone house because you're going to need it uh, when you play in bosco so um you know he hasn't punted probably more than twice with the first team um and, and then uh yeah, he actually punted three times last week. I don't know if all those were the first team, but um, he averaged almost uh, 41 and a half yards in those three punts. I think he, yeah, he punted twice. Because I think Modern Day didn't, the first two drives, they didn't score. And I think, and then he came punted another time. So I don't, I, yeah, he did punt three times with the first team, but, but back to back drives was early on in the, in, in the first quarter. So. And then modern day place kicking, McGrath's been uh, very steady. I think he's uh, been very good on extra points. Uh, they haven't kicked a lot of field goals because they've, uh, you know, they've cashed so many things in on their offense. But anything you want to add about uh, McGrath? McGrath? Yeah, he hasn't had the chance to kick um, field goals. He's been boomed, and it's funny he's boomed all his his so many kickoffs because modern day has scored. It's it's almost you know a lot of the times it's like he's, his leg almost gets tired you know and, and so it's like he gets fatigued because his you know the first four or five that he booms they're in the end zone and then I, as the game goes I've noticed that they've gotten shorter okay. and shorter and shorter but you know by no means that's that's no stretch off of his back but but um, you know a lot of the times teams don't get to kick that many time kick that many balls. Um, but obviously, uh, he, he, you know, you know, he just hasn't had any. He has, I don't think he even has an attempt at, right. at uh, field goal because, like you said, they haven't needed to. So yeah. Well, before we hit these uh, last two games of the night uh, on October twenty first, uh, and I thank all the we thank the Trinity League fans for joining us here on our fo- Trinity League football podcast. As we hit those games briefly, we're not going to go into too much depth because we're doing such in depth coverage on Modern Day Bosco. But I think the last matchup we probably need to talk about a little bit, I think, is some of the intangibles where. Uh, 
Bosco's already been in a big-time national-type game against Bishop Gorman. They didn't win the game. That's their one loss. You know, Bosco's 6-1 and one overall. They're 2-0 two and, two and oh in the Trinity League, won 23, a Trinity League record, 23 consecutive games. But the Bosco Braves have already played a big game, Scotty. They lost 35-20 um, at Veterans Stadium. Um in early September to against Bishop Gorman, uh, 8-0 team, powerhouse, national powerhouse of Las Vegas. They also played a good team that, you know, we you talked a lot about and covered it well, and we talked a lot about it on our podcast. Um, St. Mary's of Stockton, that's the only loss they have. Uh, that game was at Whittier College on a Friday night. Big game. Bosco won that 55-16. They also traveled and opened the season. We talked about this one. You had some good in-depth as well, Scotty. They played at the, uh, I think it was at the University of Cincinnati, and they lost to St. Xavier, who's 4-4. But, uh, you know, pretty respected team, a Catholic school team out of uh, Ohio. So Bosco's played these big games. Modern Day has not. Um, They played, uh, what, they're, you know the what has been their biggest game? Well, they opened with you know Bishop Amont uh, on the road. That gave them a good good look. Um, Modern Day won that one, 63-14. Uh, they demolished uh, Mayfair. Same with La Mirada, who is a good team. Uh, they, you know similar scores between Bosco and Modern Day against La Mirada. Uh, then they took down Umplin, who's a solid team as well, and Edison a rival, but. Uh, you know, Bosco's played the, the the tougher schedule. They've got that, especially with the uh, the Gorman game. Is this a factor, Scotty? Where you contrast this, and you know, Coach Negro mentioned to me, yeah, they played some fourth. They played into the fourth quarter, and the comment, you know, the the the, the, the what you take from that is, yeah, Modern Day hasn't played in the fourth quarter in a lot of their games. They've been blowouts, and they haven't had to play a big time game all the way through, like like the Braves. What do you think, Scotty? Um, there's some truth to that, but you know, last week I think Modern Day played, you know, into the fourth quarter for the first you know the first time um but uh you know it's i think you know all that's kind of going to go i think that will all kind of go out the window i don't think that will be one of one of the you know factors in this ball game i think this one's going to come down to straight um you know x's and o's and basically coming down to to um the running game and, and whether or not Bosco can can keep Modern Day off the field, you know, Modern Day's offense off the field. I think that's that's where your game is going to lie between the trenches and that running game. I think because if if Modern Day you know gets out, you know, Modern Day wants to play, you know, quick, 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 and I know Bosco probably doesn't want to, you know, want to do that, and I know teams have tried it to. to you know, try to keep that offense off the field, but they can score it anywhere, any, anywhere on the field. So I don't know. It's just it's going to come down to, to basically, you know, the X's and O's, and obviously, you know, turnovers and um, you know, just just we just have to wait. We just have to watch and wait and see. We can do so much X's and O's and talk about the game, right? Uh, just, just you know, just kind of just getting antsy and in anticipation for this game to actually happen. So, well, my prediction is that I think Bosco might get out on uh, Modern Day a little early. I think maybe their experience. I, I do believe in playing a tougher schedule gets you more experience for these these uh, these spotlight games, and I think maybe the moment uh, could get a little big for Modern Day early on, and they might. But they're fully capable of of climbing back, and I think they have the right mentality. Um, you know, uh, I we're both pr- picking Modern Day to win, right? You know, I've gone back and forth. Okay. And, you know, I, I, I like I said, I mean, I, I waver back and forth. Like okay. I say Bosco, and then I say Modern Day, and then I say uh-huh. Bosco, and then I say Modern Day. You know, and it's it's you know it's basically it's like I said it's it's you know it's if they get their run game going, you know, and forcing. Like I said, forcing, you know, forcing Mitchell, you know, to, to, to be a thrower rather than, 
than run. And if Modern Day can get the protection, if Modern Day gets the protection, and, and JT can can at least they can move and march down and you know, even if it's not quick scoring, I think Modern, Modern Day wins this one. No matter what anybody does, no, you know, even if it's like a 42, you know, shootout or you know, game, if Modern Day gets the protection and. and you know, I think Monterey comes out on top. But if if it's not, if they struggle or they or you know, you know they have to face some adversity in the game somehow, or you know injuries take a toll or whatever, then I think you know, Bo, you know I think Bosco, you know, it's gonna you know play into their hands. If it's a closer game, I think it's Bosco's. And if I think that the you know if Monterey if Monterey wins, they win by more than two scores. Okay. If it's so. But if not, I think Bosco, you know, if it's close, Bosco's going to win. Sure. All right. I think if it's close, Monterey will win based on some special teams. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. As much as I like that Monterey defense, um, I don't know how high-scoring high it is, but I think both teams, uh, it could be, I don't I don't know how out of hand it could, it could get as far as the scoring, because I think Monterey's defense is pretty good. Um, but you know they're gonna. I think Bosco's gonna break some plays because they're 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 talented enough to do it. Um, so I'm picking Modern Day, um, and I think they're gonna have to maybe come back in this game. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a little bit like uh, last week's game against Olu. Um, I think uh, Modern Day could be off to a slow start. Maybe you know probably find themselves behind, perhaps at halftime, and gonna have to have some work to do. But um, I think it's going to be a great game. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, there's some, a couple other big games I want to touch on briefly. Um, you know, a big game right now for uh, really second, uh, for excuse me, third place. Uh, it's going to come out, uh, and one of these teams will win. Will be tied for second, actually, because they're both one and one in the league, and they're playing Orange Lutheran Servite. Um, that game, uh, they're both one and one, so one of them is going to be two and one and tied with the loser of Modern Day Bosco for second place. Um, this game, um, Orange Lutheran and Servite, is at Orange Coast College on Friday night, 7 o'clock. Any thoughts uh, quickly on this game, Scotty? I'm picking Olu. Okay. All right. And why do you like the Lancers in this one, Scotty? Um, I think they, you know, I think they're going to score their points. Um, I know they were held in check last week. Um, I'm pretty much, you know, the, the ND defense was, you know, pretty stout, but they played pretty tough. Um, you know, they didn't give up. Um, they didn't have the big play. Um, and I, it was surprising, you know, that, you know, Olu didn't, their secondary didn't, you know, didn't get beat too bad. Um, they kept everything in front. So I think they, you know, well, they've learned something from this game. Um, and so I think they're going to step up and, um, you know, take this one um you know they're gonna have to make tyler you know lionel read the field um if his prime target is taken away you know he threw it well last week against jacera um but uh, i think olu's secondary is gonna you know play the same package they kind of did against uh, modern day um and then utilize that short passing game and then um said, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see what happens if Dominic Austin is not back. Yeah. Because um, he didn't return that second half, so. Alright, well, I'll have to check on that one, and uh, look for an update on that uh, injury situation on OCVarsity.com. I'll try to get it on the blog. And then the other game, to, uh, you know, is another big one. You know, Santa Margarita, like we said, they finally got going to play Modern Day or St. John Bosco this week. They play Jay Sarah, which is a really great rivalry because you have, you know, Coach Jim Hardigan from Jay Sarah taking on his old school uh, Santa Margarita. These guys really get after it. They don't like each other too much. Uh, both are 0-2, so, and both are sitting at 4-3. and Um yeah, you know you got to be 500 to make the playoffs. You're in. You're both 0 and 2. This is desperation time for both these teams because a loser of this is going to be 0 and 3 and sitting at 4 and 4 with with you know two games left um, in the Trinity League. So um, what does that mean? Well, I mean for uh, for uh, let's say let's you know for Santa Margarita, well. They have the easier schedule going forward. They play Orange Lutheran and Servite. That's a little bit, um, you know, that's 
that's uh, you know that's tough. But you're going to compare it to what Jay Sarah is going to finish with. Oh yeah, who does the Lions finish with? They're uh, playing um, St. John Bosco at Saddleback College, and they're playing Modern Day at uh, the Bowl. Now, of course, Jay Sarah's had a, a good run with Modern Day. I don't know if that's going to continue this year, but for Jay Sarah, this is a desperation must-win game when you're going to finish with Bosco and Modern Day. And then, yeah, look at Santa Margarita. you got to get back on the winning track. What do you think of this game? Yeah, I, I, I think the rigors of the trade league is starting to catch up to Jay Sarah. Um, it's taking its toll on the undermanned squad and the young Lions. You know, unless the Lions can regain their, if there's a will, there's a way mentality. And um, But I think the Eagles are going to be, you know, on the winning side of this one. They, they, I think they've taken their lumps in the last two weeks, taking on Bosco and Modern Day. Um, you know, so they've, it's it's almost like you said, when you play that early preseason schedule, when you play the tough teams that, you know, it, it you benefit from that. So actually playing those two teams early on in league, hopefully, um, you know, the Eagles are going to be able to benefit from that, um, you know, and build from it, you know. But I think there's going to, you're going to see Calcaterra have a huge game. Um, I don't think Jay Sarah is going to be able to match up with him, and um, I think he's going to be one of the stat leaders for this week. Yeah, I like that matchup. So I like Santa Margarita to get the win here, and um, you know that that's a really tough game. The other one to, for me to pick between uh, Orange Lutheran and Servite. You're picking uh, Olu. I I kind of like the momentum of of uh, Servite right now, so. Uh, I think I'll probably go with the Friars, but that's going to be another close one. So, hey, great games. I know we're both going to be at Cerritos College on Friday night, right, Scotty? Yeah. So we will have plenty. We'll have, I can promise you, most, I mean, my deadlines will be tough with the the, the tough uh, deadline. But we're going to both be at that game, you know, the be sure to join us on the Trinity League podcast next week because we'll have hopefully plenty of some sound and audio. We've uh, added some audio to this one from uh, from Coach Rollinson on our podcast, and um, you know we've uh, shared some of our insight with Greg Biggins. So um, we'll hopefully have some more audio uh, to share next week, and we're afterwards recapping the game of the year in the Trinity League, the game of the year in Southern California. So. Um, Scotty, I uh, appreciate it. Great job breaking down the big game. And I look forward to seeing you at Cerritos College. And uh, great job once again. Likewise, Dan. Let's let's, uh, get this on so we can finally uh, have some more to talk about. We'll see if Modern Day can finally break their five-year losing streak against the Braves. Or will the Braves' dominance and head toward a fifth consecutive Trinity League title, a six overall victory against Modern Day in a row. So much to talk about. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. And thanks again. And we will talk to you next week on the Trinity League Football Podcast. <laughs>